Okay, Aisha, if you could lead us in the Fatiha. Thank you. And I'll call a Fatiha for my the soul of my father who passed on Saturday. So Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad so in case you thought we weren't interactive enough, we're going to be even more interactive today. <laughs> and the interaction, what we'll have is in this surah that Ibn Arabi is, is taking us to, this surah is one where there's the 14th uh, prostration of recitation of Quran. And so this is one of 15 places in the Quran where if someone is reciting in a formal context, the Imam would then uh, do a sajda, a prostration at that verse. And this is then, there's a prostration of the body and uh, some of us aren't as limber as we used to be. So we would then have a prostration of the heart. So those are the two ways. Uh, in the legal terms, uh, facing a particular direction is not necessary and ritual purity is not necessary. So this is the 14th prostration. And uh, right now, Rowan and I are working on volume four. Um, and that, uh, and in there, Ibn Arabi describes this particular prostration for this particular surah. So he calls it the prostration of jam and wujud. So gathering together and being. One prostrates with the prostration of the stars and receives knowledge of the tones and the melodies vocalized by the orbits, and sees that the sounds of each vocalist are the psalms of the true in the universe, and witnesses David, because they're psalms, and sees the sounds and the letters articulating every wondrous meeting, jolting the unshakable mountains with music. And even the mother who lost her child will laugh with delight and joy. Whoever prostrates for the surah, that chapter of the Quran, learns knowledge of procreation and protectively shields the ones carried in bellies, any kind of pregnant bearer in the universe, such as mother earth, clouds, women, and collective sums of signs, and holds protectively the books with their letters containing meanings and learns from their return from the journey from stage to stage that's one of the uh, clauses in this ver in the verse. That is where you came from, 
and sees the image of one state to be many entities. So you see yourself in many forms, many images. Now and subsequently, in the place where one swore on what one saw, for instance, the moon in another verse, I call to witness the moon in her fullness when traversing the world. So this is the prostration uh, that one one gets and one receives when one does one prostrates with the limbs or with the heart and uh, so we can now have Omar uh, recite this and when he gets to that verse uh, as a formal reciter he'll do this prostration and if your limbs are are ready for it you can do a prostration and otherwise your heart will then prostrate so bismillah بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إذا السماء انشقت وأذنت لربها وحقت وإذا الأرض مدت وألقت ما فيها وتخلت وأذنت لربها وحقت يا أيها الإنسان إنك كادح إلى ربك كتحا فملاقيه فأما من أوتي كتابه بيمينه فسوف يحاسب حسابا يسيرا وينقلب إلى أهله مسرورا وأما من أوتي كتابه وراء ظهره فسوف يدعو ثبورا ويصلى سعيرا إنه كان في أهله مسرورا إنه ظن أن لن يحور بلى إن ربه كان به بصيرا فلا أقسم بالشفق والليل وما وسق والقمر إذا اتسق لتركبن طبقا عن طبق فما لهم لا يؤمنون وإذا قرئ عليهم القرآن لا يسجدون بل الذين كفروا يكذب يكذبون والله أعلم بما يوعون فبشرهم بعذاب أليم إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات لهم أجر غير ممنون صدق الله العظيم When the sky is rent asunder and hearkens to her Lord. And when the, when, when the earth is flattened out and casts forth what is within her and becomes emptied and hearkens to her Lord, and she must do so. O humanity, verily you are ever toiling on towards your cherisher. You shall meet him then he who is given his record book in his right hand, soon will his account be taken by an easy reckoning. And he will turn to his family rejoicing. But he who is given his record book behind his back, 
soon will he cry for perdition and he will enter a blazing fire. Truly did he go about among his people rejoicing. Truly did he think that he would not have to return. No, no, for his Lord was ever watchful of him. So I do call to witness the ruddy glow of sunset, the night and its homing, and the moon in her fullness, you shall surely travel from stage to stage. What then is the matter with them that they have no faith? And when the Quran is read to them, they fall not prostrate. But on the contrary, the ingrates reject it. But God has full knowledge of what they secrete in their breasts. So announce to them a plenty grievous, except to those who have faith and work good deeds, for them is a reward that will never fail. Okay. Thank you. And this is the poem that uh, commences the chapter for Ibn Arabi. The one who verifies for himself bears as a pregnant mother what his creator cost to him to make manifest whatever is in the unseen. Stretching out from the unseen to my heart are the filaments of who? A projection of stretched extensions of assistance, of rays of the sun to the sight. Then, the enveloping embrace and the mouth on mouth and the neck embrace drew us back together. Something like the bridges adorned with saffron speckled cheeks, like the feminine with the masculine. Everlasting, there was no dawn to separate us. We were far away from eaves and morrows. From amidst mysteries appeared in veils of far horizons, a sun rising with no change of hue. No rising dawn to display them, no setting sun to hide them, no eye to perceive them, well, no human eyes. Their time was now, no past lost and gone, and no future to bring them to, to any appointed moment. So you, processors of thinking and processors of the kernels, all of you, do not be shocked. The mysteries are an end result birthed by a lifetime. I am who I am, living by the living, who has no merely animated life. And we have no such life in the world of the city walls. Indeed, the shrunken life which flows to an end point is the life which is in the world of the images. Yeah. Thank you. So he's giving us a very particular view and we'll find out later that this is the image in front of the gate. So, I'm, and we'll talk now about mother earth and her minerality. And part of the higher estimations of the ones that we have cited over the human being 
and the higher estimation of the human being when he dies and becomes like the earth in minerality, surpassing his state when he was alive in humanness, is the statement of God. If there were a Quran by whom mountains were moved, or the earth were detached, or the dead were made to speak, meaning it would be this Quran. Thus the response is clipped off on account of the indication of the word to him, to the human being. And the meaning of this is, if we were to send him down the Quran, down to whom we cited, the mountain would move and the earth would be detached and the dead would respond. And none of this comes about in us while he spoke to us through him, through the Quran. So Ibn Arabi is going to talk about how the minerals and other beings are superior to humanity and that we raise our level when we become mineral. And that is when we've died in our body and our uh, dust to dust is in the, in the earth, Mother Earth. Now, this is very unusual. This is the first time this happens in, in Ibn Arabi's chapters here. He says, everything we are talking about, about this alighting place, that is the surah in Shikak, is out, actually outside its gate. We have not attended here to what is encircled in there. So this time we're not going inside the gates to see where this verse and these verses and this surah were revealed. We're actually outside at the gate because there's a constriction of time and seeking abridgment. So from this, we know that 10,000 pages of the Futuhat is an abridgment. <laughs> it should be longer. <laughs> this did not happen to me. Anything like this during the expression of the contents of the lighting places of any of the other lighting places in this book. So this is the first time this happened. So it gives us a, a hint at how all of these things are coming together uh, in the Futuhat. You see, I myself found before the gate of this alighting place, images of a knowing I had not yet cited in the book, and I cannot render fully the entirety of what I saw at the gate. So as he's coming to the gate, in order to go inside and tell us where the inward places, where the secret heart is, where these verses and the surah were revealed, he's saying before he did that, he saw an image. And he realized that he had not talked about this image elsewhere in the Futuhat. So that he'll, right now, he's going to then talk about this image that he saw. What that tells us, because he would never leave us uh, missing anything, because he says, I'm abridging left and right, but I won't omit anything that you need to have. So this tells us that inside there, inside all of these surahs of the Quran, 114, there are 19, we could call them terrains, 19 terrains. Now, each of these terrains is different in each of the 114 suar, but the fact that he's allowing us to not go in there tells us that what the terrain is has already been described, at least in general terms. And this cleaving, which we had last week and the week before, is exactly the mechanism that we get uh, what we, that we receive when we enter this place. So because we've had cleaving and we've been shown cleaving before, he, he feels that it's possible for him just to talk about the image that was on the outside because this image had not been cited before in the book. So this amount compared to what is in this alighting place is like the hired hands, the prison keepers and the gate guards 
who stand at the gate of the king. So he's going to describe this image for us. So this helps us see that the 19 terrains, because in chapter 22, he talks about 19 of these alighting places. And then he says, and there are other alighting places and more and more and more. But what we can say is that there is a general terrain which is described in 19 ways, 19 terrains. So here he'll, he'll talk about this image that's coming to him. Part of the knowings of this alighting place is the clouds that cover and veil the light of the sky. So he, remember he talked about the mother, the clouds, the women, and the, and the ones who protectively protect books that they're carrying, in which the arrival to them, in them to the tajelli of compelling and kindness occurs. And it is the moment on the last day when the sky is split by the clouds. So remember split, that's our cleaving. So clouds are generating by splitting, generating new beings. That is by the instrument of the clouds, by the means of these clouds. That is, so they would become clouds and further clouds. Thus they open gates, all of them, and they begin to be clouds. The angels are their inhabitants and they are a sky. So they are in them while they are clouds. In them, they arrive at the gathering on the day of arising for judgment, for the evaluation of destiny. And the angels in the light blocking covers of the clouds and the light blocking covers are their gates. God is saying about this, and the sky is opened as if they were gates. And he said, the day the sky will be split by the clouds and the angels shall be sent down descending in ranks. And we had the ranks before, safan safa. It is their arrival in these clouds because God is coming for the final decision and the separation among his creatures into felicitous and wretched on the day of judgment. So this is a splitting moment. And this, uh, he also then goes into a grammatical analysis of a particular verb. Thus the Arif, when your sky is split by clouds and your faculties descend into these clouds and God comes to separate and decide concerning your being in the abode of this world, then your day of arising has arisen. So your day of arising has arisen when this happens to you and your reckoning has been brought forward. But you come on the day of arising safe, no fear and no sorrow, not for the moment and not for the future. This is why he brings the present tense verse in his word, and they are not sorrowing. So from this lachaufen, they have no fear on them. And they are not grieving or sorrowful. So the, he's saying that the sorrow is not for anything that's happening now or anything that will happen in the future. It means they are not sorrowing for what they might have missed. So this is the key of you want to be in that day, of course, not fearing anything, but also not regretting not having anything from the past, which you have missed on, a missed opportunity. And missed opportunities for Ibn Arabi are offenses, mistakes, sins, errors that you've done that are an opportunity to be cured and covered. So this, uh, this stage in this journey that he's talking about is also then from some of the verses here. 
Then the one who is given his record book in his right hand, soon will his account be taken by an easy reckoning, and he will turn to his family rejoicing. So this is from uh, connected also to a hadith about kanaf. So kanaf is the cloak that's put on the shoulders. The faithful one is brought near on the day of judgment to his cherisher until he places his kanaf over him. He has him pour forth his mistakes. And he says, do you recognize this mistake? Do you recognize that mistake? He says, my cherisher, I do. Then I have covered over them in the world and I am forgiving them for you this day. Then the record book of his good deeds is handed to him. So this is the process of the kind of, of the cloak. And uh, remember that it's so important that the one who hates to meet his Lord, Ibn Arabi says, hates to meet his Lord because he's not ready. He has things that have not been properly asked for forgiveness. And so that's why he, re, he is, doesn't want to meet. And Ibn Arabi says, when he does meet, and he says, look at, and he's, and he's uh, hating that he's done all these things that have not been fixed, have not been cured. Then Allah says to him, actually, this was my predestination and you are forgiven because you have to be able to say, I did these things. And he says, Ibn Arabi says, and the worst thing that could happen the most ugly statement that could happen, the opposite of that, is when someone says, oh, I didn't do anything wrong, you made me do everything. That's the most ugly thing. And so this is that, this is the, also, uh, you may, we've heard so many stories from Ibn Arabi and elsewhere, uh, especially on near-death experiences, when you see your life you know, in front of you and you feel that it's being looked at and watched with a being, with God, and you don't feel bad or ashamed. You see just as things are. And so at that moment, you're able to say, yes, I did those things. And then when you are able to say, yes, I did those things, then they are covered over and they are forgiven and the record of the good deeds then is handed. So. And Lishan, if you could read this for us. As for the person of the family of the garden after the vision on the dune and the Tajalli, which is the most tremendous blessing, according to them in their knowledge, he is asking, does there remain anything for you that, would, that you would like me to give? They reply, oh, our cherisher, what else could there be for us? You have saved us from the fire, and you have given us to enter into the garden. And you have given us ownership of this kingdom. And you have lifted the veil between us and you, so we see you. What else could there be that would be with us? More tremendous than what we have already been bestowed. Who says? My complete contentment is with you, and I will never be displeased with you. Thus, he's reporting to them his contentment and its perpetuity, and they are listening. The narrator said, 
So this is the greatest blessing they find. Then he seals with the audition, Sama, just as he began with the audition, B. And then the audition accompanies them forever between their commencement and the end point of their step levels in their blessed good fortune. So blessed is the one who has ears to heed what the true is bringing forth in his address. Thank you. So we looked at the, the, the stations that we are in and the step levels we are in. And Ibn Arabi says, when we return to our mineral basis, that's when the greatest of all things happen to us. And now he's looking at uh, the Prophet Sallallahu and, and this being able to see what's coming towards us. Because what's coming towards us is extremely powerful and intense. But in order to not be mountains that are pulverized into dust, we need to have a filter. We need to have something that strengthens us, that uh, allows us not to disappear at that moment. So this is the Hadith about the indications of prophecy. God sent Gabriel, peace be upon him, to his prophet وسلم, with a tree or something like a tree in her something like two bird nests. Gabriel sat in one and messenger of God وسلم, sat in the other and the tree ascended with them. When they were near the sky, there dangled before them a matter resembling a fluttering foliation of pearl and ruby. As for Gabriel, he fainted as soon as he saw it. And as for the prophet, he did not faint. So he وسلم, said, then I knew the excellence of Gabriel over me in knowledge because he knew what that was. So he fainted, but I did not know. Thus he وسلم, acknowledged this. So if the human being knew the measure of the Quran and what the Quran bears of this sacred trust, his state would not be as it is. As it is. So if we knew what the Quran was, we would not be as we are, that is walking around. Now imagine what he وسلم, had to endure inside himself when this intense uh, Quran was given. When bearing the Quran, so bearing, this is Hamal, this is the pregnancy, based on his recognition of the step level of the Quran. And look how God preserved him in his body, kept him the way he is, and protected his outward body from being split open, like the mountain. So the split open is the, the, the terrain of this, of this surah. If the Quran were to be descended to him, he would split open like the mountain. It was only because God exalted had decided to send him out to convey the message to us on his tongue. So inescapably, he would preserve his outward image in her state until we would, could take the Quran from him, until we could then receive the Quran. So he, bear, he bore it protectively for us until the time when we could take it and he could then give birth to it and let it come out. And in the same way, he preserved the image of Gabriel. So Gabriel also was not shattered and pulverized when he came to bring the Quran, who was bringing the Quran down. While in fact, the word is in us. Remember the special face that is in every created being is the special face where the Quran and the Torah and the Injil are revealed. So with this, while in fact, the word is in us. And then we heard before that we start with hearing that am I not your, we will hear be, 
and we are, and we hear, are you, am I not your cherisher? And we end with be. And so we start and end, and we commence and we end with this, with sama, with audition, hearing. The arif is verifying the sama, always, as one sees that there is no speaker except God from every perspective. If one of the creative beings is addressing you as an arif, you recognize that this is like the address of the messenger coming from the true. So you prepare yourself to receive what is being addressed to you by that person. And you consider what its property is with God who establishes as it as law. And you take it according to such definition. That is, you hear something, you know it comes from God. And then you take it according to lawful, unlawful, commendable, discommendable, uh, ugly, beautiful. You take it differently, but it's all coming from God. He exalted, said, then give him asylum so he would hear a word of God. So while the person is having given has gotten asylum, they are hearing the Quran recited by the Prophet. It's the mouth and the tongue and the language of the Prophet, and it's the word of God. Therefore, not one of the creation of God will be reporting based on himself or based on another. So when you say something, it's not based on yourself or based on someone else. No, all of us will be reporting from God. This is because who, subhanahu wa ta'ala, is the one who created in them with B, whatever they are reporting. So then it is all the words of who. The slave in the true dimension has nothing but the audition. So we don't have speaking, we just have hearing. And the word of the created being is an audition. Thus the Araf will not discard and will not throw off the reins from any of the words of the created beings. The angels split my breast, remove my heart, cleansing one last drop of human dark, making me a vessel of revelation filled with radiance for all the worlds. Nur Muhammad, Nur Muhammad, Nur Muhammad, Allah. Nur anala nur, nur anala nur, ala ali Muhammad. Allah is the eye by which I see. Eighteen thousand worlds come forth from me, for I was a prophet from eternity before Adam was water and clay. Nur Muhammad, Nur Muhammad, Nur Muhammad, Nur Anala Nur, Nur Anala Nur, Allah Ali Muhammad, my Lord, a hidden treasure, brilliant obscurity, longing to be known by my luminosity, for I was a column of pure radiance before angels circled the throne. 
Nur Mohammed, Nur Mohammed, Nur Mohammed I first received Quran on the night of power. I entered divine presence closer than to bows links. I offered you my right hand beneath the tree. Now I entrust you to Ali, Nur Muhammad, Nur Muhammad, Nur Muhammad, illallah. Nurun Nur, Allah Ali Muhammad. I flew with Holy Gabriel to Jerusalem. I led the prayer of prophets on the rock of Abraham. Ascending, I saw angels standing and bowing. Salat comes first for the dervish of Ali. Nur Muhammad, Nur Muhammad, Nur Muhammad, illallah. Nurun ala nur, nurun ala nur. Allah Ali Muhammad. I rode with the archangel through the heavens. I crossed the absolute limit of creation, entering the essence where no being is interceding for all the worlds. Nur Muhammad. Nur Muhammad, Nur Muhammad, illallah. Nurun ala nur, Nurun ala nur, Allah Ali Muhammad. I rode with the archangel through the heavens. I crossed the absolute limit of creation, entering the essence where no being is interceding for all the worlds. Nur Muhammad, Nur Muhammad, Nur Muhammad, illallah. Nurun ala nur, Nurun ala nur, Allah Ali Muhammad. For your soul, Allah cried, I created my creation. From Arafat, I cried, I completed your religion. I placed the royal seal on prophecy. Nur Din Jirahi is acting for me. Nur Muhammad, Nur Muhammad, Nur Muhammad, illallah. Nurun ala nur, Nurun ala nur, Allah Ali Muhammad. Thank you. So as Ibn, Ibn Arabi is ready to write this chapter, uh, he tells us, well, he's not going to go inside and see the terrain for us. And I'm saying that's because he's already shown us the general terrain before, but he saw this image flush against the gate. And this is the image that he wanted to talk about. And so if we look at this Nuruddin Jirahi flush against Ali, flush against Muhammad, flush against the light. 
And so that light upon light, flush against, flush against. And so this is the timeless column of light that when Ibn Arabi sees this light, he then says, I wanted to describe in this chapter about that light. And so it is the time when the sun is there and rising, but not changing in hue. So we know that this is a the light that never changes its hue. So it is the light of the light, the light flush against the light. And so this is the this is the imagery that Ibn Arabi will be telling us in this in this chapter. So, and um, and and so part of that imagery is this closeness and this this flush against. Um, so Allah is flush against. And so the charity that comes, comes from the hand of Rahman and then is flush against the hand that's receiving. So this imagery then, Ibn Abi will tell, tell us about that in this particular passage. It is just as related in the authentic report. Indeed, the charity, and she is something the creature was with child. So we are with child when we have charity falls into the hand of Arahman, and Arahman receives her. And then Arahman cherishes her, as, just as one of you cherishes and raises and works to help grow your foal or your young camel. So Rab is cherisher and the one who raises you. So when the charity falls into the hand of the one of Arahman, and Rahma and Rab is the cherishing that this will that will happen now. Thus he subhanahu liken charity <clears throat> to what is verifiably of benefit, so as to inform the charity giver that one will indeed be benefited by one's charity, and necessarily so. And this Ibn Arabi has a comment here that the reason that the imagery is for the foal or the young camel, and not, for instance, your child, is because he's saying he's suggesting that your child might not always be a benefit to you, <laughs> but these animals will always be a benefit because uh, even if no matter what happens, uh, you know, you're, they'll always have some benefit for you, some function that they can do. So he's saying that, that, that this is why the imagery doesn't go to the child, but goes to the, the animals that are being raised. And there is another child the human beings gives birth to, the good word. And he said, indeed, the good word is a charity. So these are good charities and good words are children that are being raised. Thus she raises and cherishes you also. And the true places himself in charge of raising and cherishing everything the creature gives birth to. So back to the beginning, he told us that we're looking at, at this protective bearing as pregnant person to, to protectively hold and carry the books and the meanings. Now, if the king, so that's corresponding here to Arahman, is taking charge of raising the child of his slave, so that's now you, himself, can one measure what good will come to you from the direction of your child? So this charity, this good deed, which is being falling into the hands of Arahman, can you measure what good will come from that, how, how great this will be for you? The first part of this is that the child recognizes the rank of his father, that's you, with the king, Arahman, and that the king raised him and honored him by so doing on account of the elevation of the level of his father with the king. So you see that the child, the charity, the good word, sees that the, the king, Arahman, has 
has given to the father, their father, the one carrying them, has given the honor of, I will cherish this one for you. So the child sees the great favor given to his father. Then he becomes devoted to the king, doing the best for him on his own, magnifying the level of the king and his graciousness to his father. This is the way the action of the mystic Arafin flow among his creatures. So this is the way that the, the Arafin, the mystics, the way they see all of this happening. They see that they give birth to a child, a good deed, a charity. And they see that Arahman has, has said, I will take charge and carry and cherish that child of yours. And that, that moment, this, the mystic looks and says, the child looks at the, the father, the mystic, and says, look at the esteem that Arahman holds you in, that Arahman himself will be cherishing me, this good deed. So what Ibn Arabi is seeing at the gate, he's seeing uh, is, is, is something that he wants, he wants to tell us about. Um, and so he wants to tell us about this sun that changes no hue. So this is the light. So everlasting, there was no dawn to separate us. We we're far away from eaves and morrows. So remember, this is the timelessness. So there's nothing now and in the future, there's nothing from the past that you regret. So from our midst, mysteries appear in veils of the far horizons, a sun rising with no change of hue. So this is now you're in the, the eternal light. No rising dawn to display them, no setting sun to hide them, no eyes to perceive them, well, no human eyes. Their time was now, no past lost and gone, and no future to bring them to, to any appointed moment. Absolutely free from limitation. This great love is the true secret of God. Whoever takes love will never be the same. Is great love the holy wine of Ashki, glorified and sanctified the poor body? Is great love and there's a soul love. Whoever needs him will never be the same. This great love is our dervish, the golden maiden. The rose bed of fire, noble Abraham. This great love is the deep secret of the friend. Whoever this love will never find his hand. This great love is massacred Neither night nor day, but only truth exists. This great love is a divine Whoever takes love is beyond praise and blame.
those words there is the arena of great love those that in a close brilliant flashing forth become love become the truth become the one whoever that love will never be the same so thank you alhamdulillah okay going back to the beginning here um curious as to what the rock of abraham is Well, for, for this, uh, as she was singing, I just, it suddenly, uh, that suddenly came to me that this is the minerality, the mineral. And so Ibn Arabi is saying, when you can be returned to the mineral state, that's actually our highest, highest state. And so the rock of Abraham then is this mineral that you reach. And when you reach that mineral, it's the highest place you could be. And then you're able to be beyond praise and blame, you're beyond now and then, you're beyond regrets for the past, worries of the future. You are then uh, in, a, in a state of the eternal now uh, with, with, the, with the rock and the stones. So a suggestion is it's the place where he was guided by Allah to sacrifice his son Ishmael, hence the name Dome of the Rock to designate the mosque built over this rock. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oops, sorry, I'm having a computer little situation here. Okay. <laughs> um, somebody else said, I was thinking of another rock near that, which I found Jewish people believe to be sacred. Um, okay. Of course, there's the Wailing Wall, which is believed to be one of the remaining walls of the ancient temple of the Jewish people. And there are many sacred rocks in the Holy Land where Moses received revelation, the cave where Elijah did retreat, etc. We like our rocks. Right. There we go. And of course, this was uh, from that the 14th prostration, as Ibn Arabi says, you'll hear David because of the Psalms. So. Okay. Does recognizing we are not the doer lead to our response to our response to our response? Yes, we see. Yeah, so, so Ibn Arabi is saying that the way that we approach, uh, approach the divine on, and as we approach judgment is that we, we say, yes, I am the doer of those, which, those things which are mistakes which led me astray, and I am not, and then I attribute all good to the divine. So that, that, that process gives you the position where suddenly you are then forgiven all because now you realize that it was all Allah's hands. But you have to hold that human accountability part. Otherwise, the mechanism doesn't work. And so that's why uh, the most, and it's the most ugly mechanism is to say, oh, God made me do it. And that's why I did bad things. And it's not my fault. So. Is there any way that Ibn Arabi has guided to recognize our true self, our nafs? Yeah, so uh, I mean, we, we've uh, we've kind of had to move over that that entire section, but his this section on the virtues, uh, just to maybe sum it up, 
he's saying that the Prophet came to complete all of the characteristics. And so that means that the soul is, uh, will do certain things. It's, it, it, has, it has forces, it's, it's like a machine which is going to do certain things. And so you have envy. But that envy is either turned to bad things where you want someone else to suffer and you want to steal from what they have, or envy, which is good, which is I, I wish I had as much uh, wealth as that person so I could give it all away to the poor. So envy itself is, a, is, is able to be turned in any direction. But, but you, and so the goal of the Sufi is not to kill the soul or to restrain the soul, but to guide it towards the right direction. Because the soul uh, is created and was created perfectly. And it, there is no fault in the soul. And the fault lies in having the soul move towards the directions which are not good. And that's why the overseer looks, looks over and guides the soul. And so we have the imagery and that universal imagery of the soul as a horse, and you have reins that, that pull the horse one way or the other. So the answer is not to have a horse that doesn't run or have a horse that has no energy. The answer is to get your energetic horse to go the right way. Uh, appreciation to you for the beautiful homage to your father today and to the father and mother of us all. Ooh. Um, lots of appreciation and thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. For all that. Can I ask a question? Yes, please. Oh, it's like, yes, please. Um, I have a problem. Um, well, at least I sometimes feel conflicted about it, uh, that I rec recognize the process. I'm very much in the process of uh, uh, the accountability and the Tawbah and the Taqwa Tawbah, you know, the return and all that. At the same time, I, 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 I sometimes go to the point of despair, but what prevents me from despair is, of course, the the idea of Rahman. I'm sorry, I'm getting a little emotional. Um, and so the Tawheed is what holds me strong. And that is where I see that if I can recognize in the afterlife my um, deeds and will be able to say, inshallah, I do, I do see it, that will resolve all. Am I on the correct track. I just kind of, I'm always conflicted with this. Yeah. No, it's, it's beautiful. What, what is, you've already reached that, that, that position that, that Ibn Arabi tells us, reach this position. And the position you want to reach is where you have, where the divine, where Allah, where God is looking over with you the bridge of your life, looking over with you the bridge of your life. And this can take place before you die. So you die before you die. So you look through the bridge of your life. And Allah's look with you is one of tremendous compassion, mercy, and knowledge that you were created a certain way. So when I look at those things, I am not ashamed of them. Um, but neither do I say, I don't want to talk about it and, and it's all someone else's fault. 
So I look at them without shame, but with complete acceptance that this is how, this is the direction I let my horse run. And, and so because the vision that you're in, the divine vision looking you know, over your shoulders is looking with such compassion, you have no fear that I can look honestly at, at my life. I can look honestly at the bridge of my life and I don't have to hide something or feel ashamed of anything. But I can, and so I, so that, that tremendous compassion allows me and you to accept and acknowledge everything and not say, well, I can't look at that because that's just too horrible. No, because that love is there, I can look at everything with complete acceptance, knowing that the one who's looking with me has completely accepted me and said that, yes, this is the horse that you were, you were made with. You have this horse. And uh, here you let it go the wrong way. Um, and I can say, I acknowledge that. And I know that it went the wrong way. And I can acknowledge it only because I know that behind me is this tremendous compassion and love. So this is the position that you want to be in. And when you know that, that's, as you were saying, that's, that's your knowledge of, of Tawheed. That's that what Iman, this faith does. It tells us that I can look at everything that happened to me that I did wrong and the wrongs that I've done. And I can look at it because knowing that Arahman, that this horse that's called Rahma has a big chest and is going to be the one who sweeps me up and says, I've got the stake, I've, I've won the race and I've got humanity. And so knowing that, that allows me to look without shame at what I've done and then to have it, then I hear, this is what you've done and you've accepted that and now I accept you. And so this is the tremendous beauty uh, that Ibn Arabi is, is, is conveying to us, counseling us with. And uh, just a few days ago, uh, one of my teachers was saying that Ibn Arabi has eschatology. He knows what happens afterwards. And it's so wonderful. I just love to read Ibn Arabi to find out what happens next. And this happens uh, if you die with, before you die. And it happens when you see the bridge of your life. But it's this, it's so important to, so, I mean, and that's why when the, when the, when the, these guides uh, are speaking to us and are teaching us, um, you have to always be aware of your own context. And so if your context is one where you do accept your, your shortcomings and failures, then, then I, then that's the position that is the right position to be in. Uh, the ones who don't accept, and we had in the Quran, the ones who said, who, who, do not want to accept what's happened to them. And they think, oh, I'll never come to, to judgment. I can do whatever I want. Uh, that kind of uh, person is going to have the rude awakening. But while it's a rude awakening, it's still an awakening of mercy and compassion because it will allow them to say, no, you weren't unwatched by the divine. So Allah is watching over. And that for the person of Iman, that's the greatest thing to know that Allah is watching over. Allah created me created this nafs, created this horse, created the reins, and whether the reins work left or right uh, is something that even that is beyond me. So, but it is something that I am accountable for. And the moment I account for it, then I'm told, here's, here's uh, how it's all going to work out and how all of this, these questions will all be resolved beautifully uh, by the divine meeting. And so that's why we pray to have our reckoning before the great reckoning. So have our reckoning now. 
Shuei, you didn't mention a stafirla in mm. that ending conversation. Where... <laughs> you, you do, please. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um... Yeah, yeah stafirla is, is the one that we, we and because as I was saying, I, I think last last few weeks ago, that I always always thought about that as, oh, I've done something wrong, and now astaghfirullah, you know, Allah cover it up, forgive me. And uh, and then I've you know just recently been been learning the beauty of it is that is when I am separate because I think I'm doing something and that makes me separate. At that moment, uh, my heart hurts, uh, my conscience hurts, my soul hurts, and I need to turn back and say, Allah, turn to me and cover up what I've done. I am not separate from you. You have never left me, even though I left you. Uh, what, uh, another technical question. By the way, the Stafruk and Atubu Laika, the you said in one of your sessions from Ibn Arabi, that was beautiful. I love that. Another technical question. The, um, um, just to make sure I understood you right, the fenced in or alighting places or the fenced in areas basically within the context of creation, is that so? Uh, say that again. Make sure. Um, Okay, I'm I'm kind of assuming, but I just want to be absolutely sure that when it is said inside the city walls, are the uh, it means within the context of creation because that's where the separation is. Right. And when you when you speak of rather Ibn Arabi speaks of the alighting places like the surahs, mm -hmm. it's within the context of creation. Right. And today you said it's outside the walls, which means those are the ones which goes beyond. And I guess from if I understood it correctly, that that's what you. Oh, that's perfect. Well, you're speaking. About I, I have been looking at it as two um, separate things. The, the, oh, beautiful! I've been I have been looking at it as two separate things, and you just put it all together beautifully. <laughs> so the city walls, the city walls. Uh, so one of the city walls he's speaking of is Haya, the life of the, in the city walls. And Haya also is the word for snake. So it means kind of shrunken and sinking and coiling within itself. So that's where I, in the poem, the shrunken life. But the city walls is also the surah the, uh, enclosing the, the chapters of the Quran. And so, yeah, there it is. You just put it together. Because if you are inside the chapters of Quran, then you are in a life which has not only minerality, but also humanity. And so you are in a different situation. The sun in this life and in the, and in the, the chapters of Quran, the sun changes hue. It, when it's rising and setting, it changes color. But if you are outside the city walls and outside this particular surah of the Quran and looking at the gate, then you can be where the light changes hue at not at all, where the light is always just one beautiful light. And that light not changing hue, then is this, uh, this column of light, the Nur Muhammad Sallallahu and all the things that we looked at. Beautiful, so you put all that together there. <laughs> Very nice. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, that's all, yep. thank you. We have another written question. Can you please explain again the idea of dying before dying and how to know if we already went through this experience or not. Thank yeah. you. Good. Yeah, the, when, uh, when I went to Creston a few years ago with, with Hamid Anur, and uh, the, 
we've looked at this, the kind of shamanic description that Ibn Arabi has. He says, when, right after that, you remember we told that the story I just told today, uh, that he who loves to meet God, God loves to meet him. He who hates to meet God, hates God hates to meet him. And God hates to meet him, Ibn Arabi says, because you're feeling that I'm not ready to be judged and, and I, I have too many mistakes. And so right after that, the passage is, when Ibn Arabi says, when I realized this, I realized that I had to have my judgment now and I had to die now, so I died. And then he says, and after this, then everything that you see after that. So there is this, this dying before you die. And he said, you'll know that you're, that you're dead, that you have died when you see that everything that happens, you're watching how the divine is moving you. So you've, you've returned, see humanity has, has all this intellect and speaking and all these, these you know, great things. And then the next level is the animal level, which is motion. So motion is animal, so animated. The other level is plant, and that's when you grow. And then the last level, which is the first level, is mineral, which is the one that is still, and that is moved. So when you die before you die, you return to your mineral state. And then you're like a stone and you just watch, who's gonna throw me here? Who's gonna move me here? What's gonna to happen to me next? And that is the, the mineral life. And if you have plant life, you say, I want more sun, I want to grow. And if you have animal life, you say, get out of my way, I want to run. And so all of those are have will, have volitions. Uh, but the one who dies before he dies returns to a mineral state and just says, Allah, where are you taking me next? And so that is also then the definition we described of the Khalifa, the one that Allah acts from behind. And he says, how will I know if I'm a Khalifa? It's the same way you'll know if you've died before you die. When you see your hand moving and it should do this, but nothing happens, or something happens when you haven't done anything, or something happens completely opposite from the way you did, you, you worked, then you will know that you are at that place. And then you will know that you are a mineral who has died before they died. Isn't that also experienced as the shattering of all what was once considered as absolute values and reference points? Yeah, so if you think of reference points as, as kind of your anchors to your reality, the anchors to your reality, when those are all, when those are all disappeared, uh, then you enter a state of this of, of minerality because as long as I have reference points all around me and I know if I do this, this will happen. And if I do that, that will happen. Then I am in a world where in a sense, I'm using my brain to control it so that I can maximize this and minimize that. Um, and that, that is a, a process when those disappear, um, then you enter into this different stage. And as we, in the Elahis, we hear, of course, that is, that is love. So the, that, lose yourself before, be beneath love's uh, flashing sword. So that flashing sword cuts off the head. It cuts off your ego and it cuts off your, uh, your desire. And I want to do this and I want to do that. And I, 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 it cuts that off and leaves you with what? Love. And so love will take all these reference points and just wipe them away. And that's why when you're in that stage, you're beyond praise and blame. 
So if I do something good, it's not because I want to get reward. If I do something bad, it's not, oh, now I'm going to not get, you know, it's, it's beyond praise and blame. And so that's that, that love pushes you to die before you die. Yeah. And it's the, the, perhaps the more, the more attractive and, and, and beautiful way of describing this process. It's through you fall in love or you die before you die, either one <laughs> or both. <laughs> Thank you, Omar. Yeah. So, Omar, was that did that did that did that respond to the, to your to your idea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Like, like the shattering of it's, it's, it's the reference points and the values as well. What one would hold as values through which they define themselves. You yeah. know, they define yeah. Yeah. You know, they define yourself through through certain values, through certain aspects which you take as absolute. Um, and you have this reference point through which you know what is right, what is wrong, and so on. And, and, and that, that construct. And when it all shatters and, and there's none of it is there, you know, and, and that's what Ibn Arabi does very well. You know, he, 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 you know, he, breaks, he breaks and shatters everything that you once held dear in a way it's 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 it can be very scary at times yes. um, especially if it comes all together you know if, if it's, I, I guess that's that's where that's where i think in at certain times and in certain traditions they 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 were very wary about people taking on the path by themselves without guidance because if everything shattered together then then i can imagine that that people will find very little left to stand on. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, it is, it is that shattering. It is that shattering of what we once held as, as, as reference points to who we are and what we do. Yeah. And, and um, as I speak, a question comes to me, you know, in the, in the surah, uh, did we not open up your breast? At, at, at some points, you know, like, after you know, did we not open up your breast and improve your 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 mention, uh, and so on, uh, and and we removed the weight that almost broke your back, and then it says, And now that you are empty, stay steadfast. Yeah. And is that empty of these reference points and values, which can actually be maddening, but here the solution is given, stay steadfast, mm -hmm. and your new reference point is directly God. Right. So the only identity, the only reference points and values now shifts, because now that you are empty, we have removed your weight, and these reference points and values are a weight. Yeah. So now that we have removed it, stay steadfast, and, our, and the old references for the Prophet were being Quraysh and the tribe right. and so on. Right. And so who am I? Ila Rabbika Fargab, to your Lord, you know, like desire, reach, you know, stay right. steadfast. Right. And, and that's, that's the new reference points. And yeah. that's the death of, of, of a construct reality yeah. and, and, and a birth yeah. of a reality, which is the only reality. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, and, and that and that's like the uh, the way the way Ibn Arabi handles tawakkul as we've been reading, that you hand over everything to Allah and you say Allah is going to take charge of all of these things, and then you watch Allah take charge of those things, and so you've you've turned everything over, um, and that and that really is the. The, the beautiful one and that's and that is that you've turned everything over and that so whatever I have whatever the horse is whatever the reins are I've turned it over to Allah if I have a strong rein then alhamdulillah I'll use that strong rein to move this direction if I have a strong horse alhamdulillah I'll move that horse in the right direction because Allah is taking charge of that yeah alhamdulillah beautiful good yeah. do we do we not die before we die many times yeah, well, the, the, I think you want, it's just like the prostration of the heart one realizes it many times. Yeah, you, you, you see it many times. And uh, I mean, that happened to me in the last few days, just also that you, you say, oh, I can see where I have died before I died. And you can see the life bridge and you, and, and you know that it's there and, and that, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't Ibn Arabi also say that we won't be given more than we can cope with during this process? That's right. And that's, and from, and, and that's the, that's, that's the beauty of, of faith is that we hear from Quran that, that, the, that she will not get more than she can handle, that the, the, the soul will not get more than she can handle. And that, uh, and that faith is why, that's when you realize faith is so important. Because if you didn't have that, you would be drowning in it. You would think that this will never end. And so faith is what tells you you're not going to drown in that one. Um, and Baki is letting us know that uh, Sheikha is not feeling well, so we'll offer Fatiha for her for her continued health and and and, and wellness. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Maliki Yawmideen. Iyaka na'abudu wa iyaka nasta'een. Iddina surat al-mustaqeen. Surat al-adhina an'amta alayhim. Ghayl al-maghdubi alayhim. Walatawarleen. Ameen. And another comment um, to Omar that what what you've said is exactly the book of Marguerite de Poré. Is that how you say it? I'm Christian mystic from the 13th century or so. Nice, very nice, very nice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so thank you, everyone.